generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Uh, we are kings for those who don't know us. <laughs> we are K-I-N-G-S, and it's an acronym for Kingdom Influencers in Nations, Generations, and Systems. That was like big grammar for brand ambassadors for the kingdom of God. Yes. Our passion is to reflect the character of God and to extend his culture on earth in different spaces, hence the nations, generations, and systems. We believe we've been called with a global mission. We have a global assignment that the world at its worst needs the church at her best. But the church cannot really be her best except she's trained and discipled and raised. Through. Can, can we be together? I can see uh, some people are still having their own private um, political session. Yeah, so we're very passionate about people. We're very passionate about raising people, not just about gathering people. Why is there so much side talk? I know it's interactive, but <laughs> interactive session is supposed to be linear, not like zigzag. Yeah, so that we can all benefit from what we're talking about. Yeah, so we're not just interested in gathering people, which is fairly easy. It's not always easy, but relatively easy. We're interested in growing people. And there's a difference between just gathering and growing people. You can grow, you can gather seeds and still end up hungry at harvest time because you've gathered the seeds, but you didn't grow the seeds. And so what satisfies the hunger of the human soul is what is growing that needs to grow. So we are very deliberate about the processes that we use. We use a, a blend of different learning approaches, not just you know, unidirectional approaching, which is important, but also we have a lot of uh, platforms for engagement offline and, on, and online where you can ask questions, you, your voice can be heard, your voice can be valued, you can find clarity, you can find connection, you can bond with other people, and we want you to be a part of what we're doing. So what we currently have, we have two Sunday morning services on the island, 8 a.m. Sorry, on the... Amen. Amen. That's, that's a prophecy, right? Yeah. I mean, I just slide... I didn't, I didn't plan it, but it's, yeah. I'm already speaking from the future. So, in the flesh... Not in the flesh. In the current time zone of the earth, <laughs> we, we currently have two... Uh, Sunday morning services on the mainland at Maryland, uh, precisely, not Maryland in the US of A, um, but Maryland, as in, you know, say Maryland, Maryland. That's a Nigerian one. <laughs> I find it ridiculous, honestly. Maryland, Maryland. As in, what, was the, what was the intonation about? Anyway, so at Maryland or Maryland, depending on whatever you prefer. And, um, so we have that 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. And we know that some people have come from this side of town, come on, we have come from this side of time, town to worship with us. So we keep creating avenues for us to connect and to come closer to you. So we started having this series of monthly outreach gatherings here uh, last month. And this is our second time. So if this is your first time at a gathering of kings, can you just raise your hand? First time ever? Yeah, come on, come on. Let's celebrate them. See, we have new people who've never joined us. Do we have our cards? We, we need to have our cards and just come on, hug them. Come on, kings. Hug them, love on them, bless them. You know, 
All right, so you're in for an exceptional time, and we want you to mark the last Sunday of every. Now, let me. Okay, we celebrated this legend for the first time. This is your second time at the Gathering of Kings. Second time. Second time. Come on, come on. Second time. Yes. If this is your hundredth time, just wave. Yeah, so we keep growing, um, and we want to just save the date. The last Sunday of every month, we're going to do this for as long as God wants us to do it, and then we're going to transition to something weekly uh, or thereabout. All right, so tonight we're going to be interacting. It's going to be my wife and I on this panel. It's not really a panel, it's just to share a couple of things and then to take questions. Before we do that, there's an outstanding gentleman um, that many of us know is man on a mission. He turned 30 last year and one of the things that God laid on his heart was to go to 30 states of Nigeria and just host worship experiences. And so he walks into all the states across Nigeria where he doesn't know anybody. God opens doors for him. God connects him to people. Sometimes he enters into the place with 5,000 naira. He leaves with 50,000 or more. But he's never had to beg or borrow or do is outstanding and I'm excited to announce to you that he successfully completed the 30 states and he did it in 30 weeks so we're going to be having the grand celebration on the 4th 10th of March you're coming on the 10th of February when is the event? 3rd of March. <laughs> is your calendar in reverse? 10th of March. That's two Sundays from now. Because many of us can be a part. Is it next Sunday? 3rd. Wow, we're in March. Oh, that's my month. All right. So, so next week, as many of us can be there, it's going to be uh, somewhere around Ogudu. It's going to be an amazing time. So he's just going to minister to us for about seven minutes, whatever about. So let's receive his ministry. I present to you the anointed, talented, gifted, multifaceted Yemen Levite. To, I want to celebrate Pastor Danny. Can we just thank um, Jama Hussida for Pastor Danny? I want to thank him for the opportunity again. Um, this song, this song has been on for like four years. We've had a work on it for four years. So this afternoon, I got an additional part when we were here. I don't know how many of us ever feel like we're not loved at some point. You know, we're talking about love, but I want you to know something: God loves you first. Before any man can ever love you, she does know that first. You love me, you do. You love me, you do. You love me, Jesus, you do. You love me, you do. What manner of love is he? That I should be called your own. What manner of love is he? That I should. 
accept yourself first. I know that there's someone who values you so much. Doesn't matter how you feel. You might even feel unacceptable by yourself. But he accepts you. Say I'm accepted. Say I'm accepted. Say be accepted in the real Lord. Can we just pray it? Thank you for your love. 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 Oh, thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. Thank you for choosing me. I couldn't even choose myself. But you chose me first. You chose me first. I'm loved by you. Down our hands together for God. Thank you. Awesome. Let's put our hands together and celebrate God. Somebody say thank you for your love. Feel it as you say. Don't just say it from your mouth. Thank you, Lord, for your love. His love is perfect. His love is pure. His love is entire, is complete. And that love perfects you. The word says the perfect love casts out all fear. So you can rely in his love. He's not going anywhere. He's not going to break your heart. He's not going to find somebody who's better and then dump you like I'm done with you. Forget it. Bye. Tom. Delete. Get off. Get out of here. He's not going to do that. He's committed. Eternally so. Even when you're not faithful, the word says that he is faithful. That God is faithful. That is God. He's not going to change he was, he is, he will always be faithful. Glory to God. All right, so before Martha is going to join us, at some point, I trust that she'll be here before Jesus returns. Uh, so, so uh, Genesis chapter 2, I just want to share a few thoughts. And some of you were with us in the services earlier today. You must have seen quite a number of things from here. But, you know, the word of God is inexhaustible. Genesis chapter 2, from verse 18, and the Lord said, the Lord God said, Genesis 2 verse 18, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. Another one says, I will make him a helpmeet. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. Whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. For, but for Adam, there was not found, watch that please. For Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. Verse 21 says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep. Who knows what this is like? Anyone, you guys don't sleep deep? How many of you honestly, left in your humanity, you know that you can represent Nigeria at the sleeping contest? Like, come on, right, right, me, I know I can. I don't, I don't sleep long, but when I sleep, even sleep will feel honored. Just be like, this guy, you get me. You get me. For, I'm telling you, for example, I think I must have slept two and a half hours between last night and this. Yeah, I slept about... 3.30, I wake up at 6 o'clock. Many hours is that? 20 hours. Yeah, I missed my third service today. Amen. But when I sleep tonight, my God, 
even if fire is burning, if you only only goes by, if you burn in some things, physical fire is burning, I'm not going to wake up. Because the word says, you go through the fire, you won't be burnt. So I'm not waking up, I'll sleep through it. <laughs> but there'll be no fire outbreak. Does someone say amen to that? So the word here says that God caused a deep sleep. Now you know what deep sleep is. Because I think that the challenge of many of us is that we are too awake. We are too conscious. We are too woke. Thank you. Good, good stuff. We are too woke for the divine process to take place in our lives. God wants to perform surgery on you before he connects you to your life partner. But many of us, we are too active in the process. We are looking too consciously. But the word says here that when God brought all the animals to Adam, there was none found comparable. So the fact that you are actively looking for does not mean you're going to locate the person. Oh, yeah. I know that's antithetical right now to your beliefs. But the first marriage did not happen with a man. I'm not saying men shouldn't chase women, please, by all means. Right? But don't chase them into the wrong place. Because some of you, your chase is actually choking somebody. Yeah? The first marriage, God ensured that the man was in a place of absolute peace, if you will. An agitated heart cannot capture visions of God. And there are so many people in this generation who have a sense of incompleteness. Just because you're 25, let's celebrate my darling wife. So there are so many people who are so active and agitated because, come on, let's be honest, but clearly ladies, the, call, the pressure is real, isn't it? Oh, no witness today. Ladies, the pressure is real. Okay, let me say it again. The pressure is real. You know, men have to face the pressure for money. Women face the pressure for marriage. So once you've graduated, you've gone through your youth service, you've started working or you're not even working, you know, that's even a tough one. They say, you finish school. Work, you don't have. Husband, you don't have. So what's your usefulness? Right? So the pressure is real. But one of the things I want to say before we start fielding questions and responses is this. Always draw your model from the word of God. Anytime you don't draw your model from the word of God, you're going to be under intense pressure. You're going to aspire to fake standards. And you're going to find yourself in a place where you are depleted, where your heart is consistently dried up because you're trying to live up to a standard God has not set for you, God has not called you to. Because somebody say, I'm not sure he's talking about me, but I know he's talking about you. And if somebody owns up to it, Geraldine and Amy, it's good to see you guys. It's good to see you. By the way, let me just say, Geraldine is married, Amy is single. So all of you that have been eyeing fine girls, like, oh, are these fine kings girls? In fact, Geraldine has a child. <laughs> let me just tell you now. Before you guys say, EM number. <laughs> 
collect collect number. Well, I mean, friends and all. But Amy is single, to so the best of my knowledge, isn't it? Should I sell your market? Or oh, the market has been sold. They say it hasn't, though. Yeah. So the first thing we want to look at, and one, first we want to benchmark is this. Georgia Mom, come on, let's celebrate Georgia Sorry, I, I got to go and give her a hug. In three years and three years and three months. Yeah. So the first standard, or the first thing is your standard is what? The word of God. The pressure is real. Culture is imposing its own ideas. Social media is proposing its own ideas. Sometimes your family are proposing their own ideas. That's when your mom will come with stories of how she settled down at 21. My mother got married at 22. Yeah. And, pardon? Did you say something? At 16. Incredible. Yeah? So people, people come with all those pressure points. Look at somebody say, don't cave in under the pressure. I want to tell you something. For some of you who are worried sick, about marriage and about relationships, the person is closer than you think. If there is a person of the opposite gender beside you, say, are you the one? <laughs> Auntie Abby, it's good to see you. <laughs> She's very married as well. <laughs> Now, how do I mean Adam? Listen, some of you are trying to find women or men because you think you know what you need. But the first uh, person who brought a woman into the equation was God. Adam did not even have enough intelligence to know the kind of person that he would need. So can I tell you that sometimes your best constructed list is obsolete compared to your desperate requirements? Six feet tall, six pack, six figure, six, six, six. Right? Six figures. Deep voice. Hey, baby, what's up? Look good in guy. Where did you get that image from? Because some of us, what happened to us is that we got immersed in all those novels and all those books of how she couldn't sleep in the midnight hour. She rolled time and time again in the softness and the silkiness of the satin sheet. Her heart began to throb sporadically, beating like an African drum. She decided to take a step, and lo and behold, she saw him far shimmering in the soft moonlight. 
He was many miles away, but she caught a whiff of his perfume. Her eyes bulged a little bit in the twinkle of the night. She heard her voice calling her gently. <laughs> so listen, so you start you start watching, you start reading that kind of book when you were nine. So by sixteen, you already had sixteen different kinds of men in your head. The problem was all of them had blonde hair. But you're living in Africa. <laughs> Blue eyes. Rodrigo. Alberto. Diego. Maradona. How do I mean persons closer than you think? Adam did not even know what he would need. But God knew what he would need. And Adam could have been worried himself sick, worrying himself sick. Where did God bring his wife from? From inside of him. Sometimes your life partner is so close you can't even see him. Someone say, Lord, open my eyes. Because some of you, the problem is, you are saying we are too close. We are too close. Imagine that. Do you want to marry somebody who's far? The word says that the blood of Jesus has brought us near. Am I talking to you now? <laughs> so, first of all, the word of God is a standard. Second of all, calm down. Tell somebody calm down. I can assure you of this, high blood pressure will not improve your chances. As a matter of fact, if the pressure is too high, blood pressure is too high, when he comes, he will give you Medicare, as in he will become first aid person. So just calm down. So God caused Adam to go into a deep sleep speaks about rest, as in God just take charge of this thing. Because this is not working for me. Whatever else people do now, this is not working for me. People have actually moved from eyelashes to contact lenses. Some people have progressed beyond contact lenses to thick eyeballs. If I change my eyeballs, maybe you will see that I'm a baby girl. God wants you to be in a place of rest. Don't forget, watch this. When God made the heavens and the earth, how many days? How many days? Six days. And God rested when? So what was the first day that man lived in? The first day of man's consciousness was God's rest. So God's rest is the context for your life. And when God was going to bring woman into existence, he was not going to cheat the women folk out of rest. He was going to bring the women folk when man is resting. Man is sleeping and brings the woman out of man. Because God wants our families to be built. 
in peace. Our relationships to be built in peace. If you find yourself using Pythagoras' theorem to solve your relationship challenges, you are in a love triangle. That's why you need Pythagoras' theorem. Triangle. Some of you, further mass, board mass, iteration, permutation, combination. If I wear this color and he speaks this language, then we will marry this year. All right. And number three is this seek wisdom consistently in the different areas. Just seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. What I mean by wisdom? I know that the word of God is revelation and it's bread, it's life, it's health, it's strength to our bones. But there are also people who have gone ahead of you in this things and who are some kind of result. And I believe that my wife and I are some of the people that we can learn from amongst many other people. Number one, we started sharing, we're not even sharing with people to teach them about it. Now, just sharing about experiences first year after we got married, the first anniversary. Someone like, if I just one year, you don't know anything. Marriage is not for public consumption. You must be able to understand that when you are voting for your marriage, it is private ballot, secret ballot. <laughs> but it, we're five years and three months, y'all. Five years. And counting, and it gets better and better and better. Please receive my wife, and we're going to take the questions today. All right, please be seated. So, uh, we're just going to be answering questions from the context of the Word of God. We have about 35 minutes to do all of that. So, please let's make a short fire, quick, quick fire. It's not only for single people, we're talking about love, we're talking about dating, we're talking about sex and marriage. There'll be no practicals anyway. Um, just, just get to throw that out there in case people are like, ah, someone told me that kings, you are very practical, they're very interactive and practical. Not on every topic. <laughs> yeah, so please, no doll, no, no dolling, no uh, lag. Yeah, just that uh, we're all chill people, right? So just ask the questions. And if you're a bit too shy to ask the question, you can write it somewhere. Um, and put my friend said, uh, I have a friend who. <laughs> Let's go. Who goes first? Did we get any question? Any? So you have one? All right. Hit us. Sorry. Sorry, Daddy. Good evening, everyone. Before I, before I start, I haven't greeted everyone. I haven't seen uh, everybody. So, hi, everybody. Good evening. Good to see you. Mr. T, it's good to see you here. And George Ossina, obviously. Auntie Abby, it's good to see you. Demola, you made it. It's good to see you. Um, Yemi Levi, this is you. Geraldine, this is your new one. To just be shocking me. She showed up at Ronel's first birthday. Now you're here. I think this is more better than the one I asked you to come. You actually don't come. And then when I... It's good to see you. It's good to see everyone. So good evening. And yeah, I just want to say hello to Corey. Yeah, that's it. Hi. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Okay, so I have like three questions. You know, you might say that you're writing this question. The beginning of this. Um, okay, so in fact, today we talked about um, when you were explaining land and how that a man has to have work for a land context. 
Yeah, so my question is, what qualifies as a man for a man? So I don't think that you really explain. Because you know how some people are like, oh, this romantic life and this part with me when I had nothing. So are we not supposed to do something from the bottom, like something from the middle now we're here? That's one. Um, okay, that's it. Okay, so um, else this one is three. <laughs> uh, okay, so how do you handle, in quotes, sharing your husband with the world? Your personal need for him, allowing him to be the man that God has called him to be, especially with how much influence and ego he has in this place. Um, Peter, this is to you. In a family setting, ping pong. <laughs> in a family setting, how do you manage the responsibility of handling your family, raising kids, and adequately being involved in all spheres of your life? This one is both of you. How do you handle distant relationships? Because I know that I think I've always done this relationship once and it was terrible. But in my mind, I'm like, no, this relationship with this life. What if God is like, okay, I got this relationship for you, and I'm like, no, this is how I want it. So yeah, I need to know how you guys did it. How how much of your time do you have to How do you make it work? Very brilliant questions. Let's celebrate her. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think she started it up very nicely, so very important questions and I think that there's no fluff in what she said. So this morning, we had an amazing time in Buddhism, so just, just incredible time. I want to encourage everybody um, who was there and everybody who was not there, please listen to both messages um, once they come tomorrow. I think we're going up tonight, but we'll send out links tomorrow so you can listen. It's free to listen. So one of the things I said was that women are naturally builders. They are designed to the builders. And we can even use the metaphor between Christ and the church to understand that concept because in the dealings of the church with Christ or God's dealings with the church, it says that we are co-laborers, right? God set laid the foundation of Christ as in the chief cornerstone. And then Paul now says, everybody who builds, let them build according to the pattern. So the church is building with Christ on top of what God has already established. So similarly, because we are the bride of Christ, the wife is supposed to help the husband build on something he has already established. So I was saying today, in the manner of speaking, that the woman, the word says in Proverbs, it says a wise woman, sorry, a foolish woman tears down a house, but a, a wise woman builds it up with her own hands. So I said, the woman will not have anything to build that will be sustainable and progressive if the man does not already have land to build upon. And so some of you might have missed it thinking that I'm talking about natural land, as in plot of land, all of a sudden the man's like, oh, let me go to a prayer, uh, even if it's quarter plots, at least land, land, land. So, but I'm not talking about physical land. It could include that. But I'm talking about the space of operation. So when God made Adam, uh, he put Adam in the garden, and the word says that God put him in the garden not to be taking selfies and to be driving a range rover, to be a river out of his range, but he put him there to tend it and to work it. Um, the context here again, okay, is that you don't need my help if you're doing nothing. So God made the woman to be a help meet. Now the question is help you do what? So that what is the land. The land could be a template. The land, see this thing we're doing right now, I shared it with her after the Lord spoke to me and we were in two, last two, three months 
in London, coming back to Nigeria, he shared all the stuff with her. Well, discipleship, not within the degree of detail, but for people gathering as they could remember when we were just 10 in the house and all of that. That is land. Something that she can work with. Something that you can build tent pegs in. Something is like, okay, we're going to Nigeria to go and do what? I, I don't know. Really? You don't know? You know what I told my wife? I said, you know what? Uh, I'll never fail in ministry by the grace of God. I'll never fail in ministry. But I said to my wife, if I fail in ministry, there are about nine other things I can do. Graphic design, videography, vlogger, marketer. I'll pack my four books in the book of my car, go to Ojeleba and be selling. Do you understand? You get what I'm saying? That's land. As in, like, I have plan A, B, C. So it's not plan A, B, C. I'm just saying that they're different. They're like, ah, so kids is plan one. <laughs> no. But I'm just saying that creates multiple avenues of expression. It does not mean you're multi-passionate uh, or multi-gifted, but it means that there's enough space. You're not so narrow-minded that you're only thinking about, oh, I must get that 95. What happens if you don't get the 95? Uh, oh, I must hammer. What if you're given nails without hammer? Uh, you're thinking just about jollof fries, but what if it's coconut rice that life offers you or beans or something or Gary? You must be able to make a bar out of your Gary and not insist that I need rice for jollof rice. That's what I mean by land. Let me have the space or having it for to travel through, traverse, examine, consider, survey, um, look through in your life. That's what I mean by land. Now, if that man doesn't have land, there is nowhere for you to land. Because that means it's too narrow-minded to accommodate your combination of gifts, character, personality, possibilities, potential, optimism, future, or in, it's too narrow-minded for that. So, there's got to be land. You get it? You get to you. Okay, so my question, how I, I, I get this question a lot, um, but I get it. A couple of things. Number one, and it might not be the same for everyone, but it's about my life, Abby. Um, first of all, I met Pastor Dami doing what he was doing. And I think that's also an important thing, that when you begin to court, the person you're courting knows themselves to a good enough extent. So you know what you can work with and what you cannot work with. Not the one that after two years, the person now grows and says, oh, actually speaking, this is what I want to become. So that's why I also feel you give yourself time. Yeah, it's although I met you at 18 though, but I think we're an exception. 18 and 19 year olds of nowadays, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. But um give yourself time to know yourself, discover yourself, know what you're supposed to be doing. So that when you see the man doing what he's doing, you know whether you can attach yourself to him or not. So I met you doing what you were doing. So I already knew that this one is the special that I was doing. The pastoring. So pastoring on campus in Unilag. You know, I was a pastor, so you knew I was an author because you were helping me with my book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I just wanted to paint that picture because you didn't know I was a pastor, but you were still respectful and loving and everything because somebody might go, uh, you already knew he was a pastor, so that was easy for you to connect. Well, okay, no, so I didn't know initially. But you presented yourself well anyway, and I think um, it presented with somebody too, so you just, and just nice. Yeah. Uh, so, but I met you pastoring, and... And you service after service, speed dance we talk, service we finish by seven, eight or something, speed dance can be there for another extra hour. I knew from the get go that Ben Pidams is tickling and laughing, he must touch somebody and laugh. 
not in an offensive or wrong way, but he, he, I knew he was like that. So that was in my face. But to be honest, I didn't really have any issue with it because I also grew up in church. Um, I grew up Fountain of Life. I was always around church. So it was all right to me. And as long as he wasn't doing anything awkward, that was fine. So number one was, I knew what he was doing already. So it's not as if he sprung it up on me. Number two is, when we started courting, and also when we got married, boundaries. So generally speaking, and I know that the time I was hounding him about this because it was an episode of our lives that I felt girls were in his face and he was paying attention to them and I didn't like it. Right? But save another day. So we had set boundaries. Generally, generally speaking, and not as if I'll now come to you with hammer, no. We've grown, so we get each other. Generally speaking, I don't like people hugging my husband full chest. Pastor Dami, I missed you. All that kind of thing. Or using... Or you, I mean, you can give him a side hug, you can give him a handshake, you can give him a nice smile, but don't, yeah. So like when you construct your speech, you want to say something to him. You say it with love and respect, but just be careful how you say something. So you don't say things like, I really missed you all through last night though. Or, I mean, not, I mean, I know you have good intentions. Perhaps I know you have good intentions. We know you're not that kind of person. But I'd rather not that you use such words. And more so, even from him to other people, to other women, you know, okay, you don't hold them, you don't, okay, you're walking them down the road, you're now holding hand, holding hand, holding hand, holding hand, all that kind of thing. So number one, I knew what he was up to already. Number two, we've set boundaries. Number three, I have come to really be at peace with the fact that this man does not, in quotes, belong to me. He's not my property. He was a gift that was given to me, and I understand the purpose of the gift. It is to continue to be. So I cannot be struggling with it, otherwise I'll just give myself hypertension unnecessarily. So I understand this is what he's supposed to do. He's committed to me, and he has a track record of showing that he's committed to me. Through the five years of courtship, and now five, almost five years of marriage, I can say, He's committed to me. And that's why we're talking about seeing... No, like for 10 years. 11 years. Oh, yeah, in March, it's going to be 11 years. Yeah. Right? So there's a track record. And that's why I think during service, you're talking about seeing the man you want to be with or the man you want to be in different cycles. Not the one that six months, wow, he's doing me, let's go down the aisle. Sometimes it works, but those are exceptions. So you need to see the person in different phases of the person's life to know how the person, if the person is really committed to you or just committed to the feeling the person feels about you. So, um, yeah, so I've seen that you're committed. So I have no issues with that. Um, finally, when your life is busy, you don't really have time to be thinking, he's doing this, he's doing that. I have two kids, I have a job that God, yeah, I have a job, I have two kids, I have total package, I have this relationship thing. I come home, I'm tired, we just, we go, we watch a nice movie, we kiss, make up, and no, we don't make up because we're not fighting, we kiss and other stuff, and yeah, good night, see you tomorrow. So, yeah, that's how I've handled it, handled it so far. Yeah. Let me just help somebody who might be, uh interested in marrying somebody like me. Yeah, well, I sound like they're not exactly my consideration, but my calling or my assignment. You will need a high degree of selflessness. Yes. The more visible your partner is going to be, as in spouse, <laughs> my partner, husband and wife is going to be, the more selfless you have to be. 
here because especially for women there's there's a tendency towards attachment and I could use different illustrations but I don't want to get too graphic it's only women that even use attachment in their hair so that begins to tell you about there's something attaching attaching no I'm, I'm being serious it's just all of that stuff and there's a part of it that is protective there's a part of it that is given to you to protect your home, to protect your house. However, the truth of the matter is, if you are not mature or grounded, you will become restrictive and you're going to choke that person. So, um, if God has spoken to you that you're going to marry somebody of public prominence, public visibility, also begin to ask the Lord for wisdom and grace to be able to... Let me quickly add two things. I think, to be very honest, especially if your heart is truly um, focused on God and genuine and sincere, somehow God will prepare you for that person. He will give you the capacity and the largeness of heart to deal with it. Because as most people that are sensitive would have noticed, even about me or my friends know, generally speaking, or before, before, I'm not an accommodating person. I like, I was not. I like my space. Don't come to my house without telling me you are coming to my house. Why? What if I'm not at home? What if I, I don't feel like seeing anyone? Well, there's no food in my house and I don't want to embarrass myself. But with time, I've, I've seen that I'm okay with it. I'm okay with people at my house. Sometimes I'm coming back from school and Pidams will still once in a while come and say, oh, B is in the house. B, no, no hard feelings at all. B is in the house or something. But I'm very okay with it. Five, six years ago, it would have been an issue. Why didn't you tell me? You should have told me two weeks ago that somebody is coming by 5 p.m. on Tuesday, the 5th of January, kind of no, thing. 5.13. 5, 5.20. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but so I'm, I'm really cool. I'm really cool with you guys that came. When Pidam is doing master life, I'm okay. After master life, you start come back and master this life. So, I'm... It's, there go. I'm... God has given me that loudness of heart as I've grown into it and he's also grooming me for something else. Second of all, when it comes to the issue of girls, one, of, one thing that really kept me is like, if any boy is iron him, you come and take now, strikes. You will just faint. So I'm not really bothered because people see how it's all cute and put together. I don't know that it's a lot of work. So you want to try? You can go ahead. Let me, let me give one of the things. Is many people cannot... I told you I slept for two and a half hours last night. If I count number of times... I've slept that because there was a time I'm not saying you should do it, but please don't do it. But there was a time my wife was really not getting it. Why are you not sleeping? Do you understand? As in am I let's sleep night is for sleeping. <laughs> but because there's vision, there's destiny. There's what? Some women are like Desty what? Destiny. But yeah, and I mean, I've tried at different times, and yeah, I, I still try and do try. But my wiring and my assignments and my tasks now, if you are that kind of romantic person, that you must cuddle to bed every night. Like, I sleep together for six, seven hours, and you marry me. Frustration. Do you understand that? So people don't see all of those other elements. That's what you mean by work. All those other elements or compromises or things that you just have to handle or or when I go on one hour talking about plans and ambitions and all of that, some people cannot even handle it. You understand? The one you told them three months ago, they are still trying to wrap their heads around it. And they are telling them like three new things every week or every day sometimes. Anyway, let's move on. Next one in the family setting. Okay, you have brilliant questions, y'all. You're not joking with this marriage thing. 
when are we conducting a wedding? I, I want to I want to marry people out in the next two years. This year. Sorry. Marry people. It's good to see you, sir. It's amazing to see you. Lovely combination. Alright, so number three is, is in a family setting, how do you handle the different things that you do? I do quite a number of things, um, which are generally, uh, it's quite a lot of stuff I handle, really. Sunday we have two services, Monday morning I release the single, Tuesday I was training trainers in the corporate, in the bank, and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, around training from one until night, and having design slides and stuff in the middle of the night. Friday, I was so tired. Today, so I was shouting at him when I was speaking quietly. Um, and Saturday, I went to vote. So, in one week of my life, I've had about seven expressions, six to seven expressions, apart from counseling and all of that, designing, coaching, counseling, all. How do you handle it? First of all, is understand what the master gave you. The master gave some fives, the master gave some two, the master gave some one. If the master gave you one and you're trying to do the work of five, you know that's the end. Again, the point. Understand what the master gave you. What did the master give you? Because I think one of the things in this generation is the person who has one is seeing the five things the person who has five is doing. And now wants to do five. So instead of giving just that yam for pounded yam, he makes pottage out of that yam, fried chips to do out of that yam, yam anakara, yam and beans. Then the pounded yam he was designed to use the yam for. It, can, it has nothing left for it. Just a metaphor to say, sometimes because you're, you're trying to do what other people are doing, you spread yourself so thin and you become exhausted and you're not able to do what you were called to do with the one thing you were given. Now, all those things I'm doing, those who are kings, you understand, I told you last one year to 18 years, I said I'm not deliberately 18 months, I'm deliberately not doing corporate training. Do you remember I said some of you? It's very deliberate. So there are times in your life where you shut something down. And it can be painful, it can be hurtful. So even those that have multiple competencies, you cannot do everything. There's an illustration God gave me some weeks ago. I'm going to use it. Who has a bottle of brown tea? And that's weird. That's like asking for elastic boy in my bag. Again, you have a bottle of brown nuts, and you're trying to pour it. You know there's a way you pour it where to slide on one after the other? And there's a way you keep forcing that nothing is coming out. So the fact that you have a hundred grains of groundnut does not mean all should come out at the same time. So the multi-gifted does not have to be multi-expressive every time. So it is wisdom that now speaks about order, sequence, alignment, progression, so that every one thing you do, for example, if I, if I was releasing singles before starting Kings, it's not going to have the same impact. I hope you know that. I hope you really know that. So there is time for everything. Um, if I was doing corporate training maybe last year, all that master life I'm teaching you every day for 100 and something days of the year, I won't be able to do it. I don't think I'm designing slides new. Do you understand? So you've got to also understand the seasons of your life and not plant cocoa in the time of maize and not plant uh, corn in the time of Agbalibon. Once you understand that the next thing is one of the things I do is a rough uh, sculpture in my head, but my days, as in my weeks, are, are numbered. It's God forbid. My days, the days, <laughs> the days of the weeks are labeled in my head, generally. So Sundays is for you guys. I'm with you all through the day. Mondays, I'm with me and God. 
They're not happy. Me and God, Monday. Tuesday, we're doing, we're, we're doing administrative stuff, okay, the operations, follow-up calls, and all of that, the database. Wednesdays, we're doing master life, and we're doing counseling sessions and meetings and all of that. Wednesdays, also to see my personal business work. Thursday, do some more business work. Once in a while, some counseling, and then um, when we're able to, when the kids don't turn up, we have a date night on Thursdays. Fridays, we wrap up staff preparation for Sunday. So, my days are, you know that because you've done stuff for me. So, my days are sort of like organized because even God, who's the multi gifted, all gifted, all talented, He didn't create fish, animal, bird, rock, mountain every day, every day. Are you understanding this? And if you see the sequence of his creativity, one thing led to another. Everything that he did supported everything he was going to do. Which means if you can't see the future in it, don't do it. Wait till you can see where this is leading to before you invest in it. God separated the waters from the waters. And then he called the fish out of the waters on earth. Excuse me. Uh, because he needed to create land before he will cause uh, vegetation to come out of it. So you also need to prioritize. So first of all, know what the master gave you. Number two, you need to prioritize. Uh, number three is going to be, okay, number two is get the seasons, know the seasons of your life. Number three is prioritize. Number four is whatever you're doing, be doing that thing. Don't let people be asking, what are you supposed to start doing? So what exactly are you doing now? Everybody knows I'm, I'm doing kings. Thank you very much. Everybody knows that kings. You go, oh, master of kings, I'm not that king's guy. Kings. So people that do other stuff, Right? They know my other expressions, some of them, but they know that the core of what I'm doing is kings. Don't let your hands be so full like that illustration this morning with different bags that you cannot not now hold on to the bag, the major bag you were called to carry. And then number four is as much as you can build a team around what you're doing. You know, so, so I have you know, Tulayo and Obe and Uche and um, Fidel and Pardon. No, Kenneth is not just Steve. Uh, Kenneth is uh, she's the all-around. She's tough. <laughs> tough on this team. Yeah. Um. So, I, so I have different teams for different things. So generally, if I'm about to travel, the person I'm likely going to call, and it's not bias or anything, because I'm if I'm traveling out of town, because I'm like calling John, because I know John is going to do anything he can to be available for that trip. Yeah, I know there are many other women out there, but I don't travel with women. <laughs> I'm traveling with women, so I have to be with different women and men on the same trip. Yeah. Um, if I want to do, I need some assistance with, with research on a corporate job, I'm likely going to call uh, B to do that. If I'm going to do um, some strategic thinking for things, apart from my wife, I'm likely going to give Fidel that assignment. So I play to people's strengths so that. I'm not having to spend time um, and all of that. So I think that helps me. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. I streamline everything. Okay, let me give it. Okay, so there's the weekly schedule, then I have a daily schedule. So generally, I don't like, many of you know, I don't sleep very early. Nights I stay between two and three, and I try to get four hours on a good day of sleep. So when I wake up in the morning, first thing I do, I do my, I do my devotion. Many times I use a U version 
devotional or an idea chapter of the Bible or some kind of an idea or book and a piece of that is before I get up generally. Once I'm up, it's time to take them to school as in the kids. So I take them to school and then I return. If I can get 30 minutes or so of meditation and prayer and I do that. So generally we start working 10 30 as an official work, meals, calls, whatever we're doing. Um, so by 10 30 Ken is around. Sometimes I start working a little earlier. We work from 10, I generally with 10 to 12, 12 on the min, min call and media prayers for one hour. I'm trying to be very practical. If somebody gets in anything. Because I don't Yeah, I don't, I'm doing really good. So from one to five, five thirty, I'm generally working. And then I get to pick them from about five o'clock. Now once I pick them between that five, five thirty to ten, ten thirty, that's family time. So we're all together, where sometimes you're trying to watch Africa match, it's just a distress um, zone. We're not really not watching it many times, but we're actually all together, four of us, playing, scattering everything together. So that for me, that's family time. Generally, we take them to bed, um, lying down on our chest on our bodies, so we get to bed and we talk ourselves. So that's, if, I, if you get four hours with your family every day, with all you're doing, I don't think you're doing bad. And I've, I've tried to do that uh, 45 times a week. Distance. For me, the thing with distance is, first of all, don't do distance all through and now say you want to marry after distance all through. I don't advise that. Except, I really don't. So for us, we had been courting for two years already, almost, yeah, about two years before he traveled. So I had seen him, and you know, Peter have never worked in nine to five. So there was flexibility of time, which is something I feel might be, might be a disadvantage for a lot of people because you, you are facing lucky traffic, you, you are facing Ogba traffic. Before you get home, it's 9 o'clock, you manage to squeeze in 30 minutes of talk, maybe you've chatted through the day, and that's it till the weekend. Weekend, you go for home and bed together, there's so much noise at this party, you cannot even have a decent conversation. You take nice selfies for, the Insta- for Instagram and you look like a cute couple. Instagram. <laughs> but you actually don't know yourself and you actually haven't spent a lot of time together. I mean, there are ways to work around that, but I think we all had an advantage. I was seeing Peter like virtually every day for extended I was hours. Close marking her, <laughs> and there was a reason because I hadn't done that in my old relationship, and certain things happened. So I made up my mind that I was going to do that. Okay, thank you. What? Well, <laughs> so, being intentional. So when he left, there was already a good foundation. So even if you're going to do, even if you're going to do distance, there needs to be a good foundation. How well do you know this person? What is, is this person committed? Are you just seeing how it goes when this person travels? Otherwise, that might just be the end of it. Certainly, key to the rescue, good foundation. So we had a good foundation. That's one. Number two is when this person is traveling. What are the plans? Yes, that's very important because they will see different things. Yes. Exposure. We spoke about exposure today. That sometimes some people make a decision because they've only seen nine. When they have exposure, they've seen ninety, and then they begin to compare and contrast. So you need to make a decision. What are we doing? Are we testing the waters? Are we seeing how it goes? 
Are we saying, okay, you're going for master's for one year, and you're coming back after one year? Meanwhile, most people, they go, they now want, uh, want to get permanent stay or something. They will now do master's, now do PhD, now do professional course, now do something, something. Now say, I think maybe you should come over. The story will now enter part five. So you need to know what the plan is. What are we working with? Um, yes, it may or may not. You, you need to have a plan. So number one, build a foundation. Number two, have a plan. Number three, while this long distance is going on, have the plan to sustain yourself. So a lot of money went into call, phone calls. We found the cheapest one at that time, Starcoms Star was. Comes. I still have that Starcoms phone, by the way. Starcoms was the cheapest means of talking there because MTN, they were doing somehow. Skype, hello? I can't see your hello, face. Can hi, you hear my hi. voice? Can you see my, you're breaking up this and that. So we decided for Starcoms and did the bar. So you need to know that um, okay, maybe not half, but a lot of my money went into calls. So we're talking every day because what happens sometimes is, especially if you're in a different time zone, the person starts saying, oh, so yesterday I was at, I was with Shalewa, and you're like, who is Shalewa? You don't know who Shalewa is. I was talking to my boss, oh, you have two jobs now, when did that happen? So if you're not talking and asking questions and following up, you're going to be getting new pieces of information and there's going to be a gap in your life and you'll now be wondering, I don't know you anymore. So you need to be intentional about communicating and not just be talking about roses are red and violets are blue. Have sensible, real conversation. Talk about the core of your relationship and what is going to make it work. So yeah, so foundation, um, communication, and, and a plan. Be intentional while you're there. Yeah. Timelines. Yeah, timelines. Yeah. Really. Timelines also Define what you're doing and timelines. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I think that's to your advantage. One of our, I think many of you are a bit too quiet. Are you thinking? You're tired from the long day. Oh, I see. Attention, attention. Anyway, so um, I think it's actually to your advantage to be outside of that person's space for a while. I think it's an advantage. Um, I found it to be an advantage. Did I see girls I was attracted to when I traveled? I'll leave you to be the judge of that. <laughs> yeah, there were certain girls I saw that I was attracted to, but there was none like her. I'm not even joking, I'm not, it's not cliche. Nobody greater. <laughs> Nobody like her. But I'm happy that I traveled and I saw Orisha Rishi. Because when you see Orisha Rishi and you still stick with what gone, then you've tested your stuff. Some of you have not tested your partner. So you think you have loyalty, but you don't have loyalty, you have settlement. I'm, I'm trying not to be bad, but, but, it's just, but it's just the way. So I think that if you find yourself in that situation, hold these three things, they're very important. I think they're actually just to, apart from prayer, you also need to pray consistently. Not just pray for the person, pray with the person. The more you pray with somebody, the difficult it is for you to be disloyal to them. So in breaking a relationship, one of the things that usually is taken away is the prayer power. Because the prayer power allows God's glue to hold the house. In fact, even in churches as well, most churches don't break up until prayer is reduced. They're taken uh, to the back, back side, or to the back side. So prayer is very important. When you find yourself in that situation, see it as a test. For you to really prove that what you have is what you have. Yeah, so, finally, did we successfully answer our questions? Yeah. Beautiful.
stuck. Sorry, I have uh, one more time. We don't have the battery for a mic. But look, man. Please, let's all have like five or six batteries at any given time. I just want to be, give a bit of context. Was well, this a weird question? Um, it's not the normal question we call this job. So, in my former life, where I was working, <laughs> I had a lot of colleagues. Incarnation. <laughs> <I'm not> <laughs> where I used to work um, outside of Nigeria, I had a lot of colleagues who were married. Um, they then, that were not there in their husbands. Names. And to me, I was like, that's weird. Why why are you not doing this? But I could not ask because I asked myself, why are you doing why do you I asked myself the reverse question? I could not answer it. So if I go and ask them and they ask me that question, I don't need to get my point. So um and I know that we do a lot of things because that is how it has always been done. And so I started to ask questions, so why do you actually gain what that is doing? And then I was searching, like trying to find things in the world and I couldn't particularly find exactly. So I want to know your thoughts. Um, if it's a personal revelation or if it's from the world, I'll be really interested in hearing that. We kings, we are so smart. It's a beautiful question. I think that uh, we need to open up more conversations for people to just be themselves and ask you know, the questions, particularly in those generations and right moment where people have a voice or feel like they have a voice just because they have visibility and a following online. You're very right, because I was going to tell you that the Bible never says that Eve was Mrs. Eve Adams. It wasn't Mrs. Sarah Abrahams, but that was like a good name for a brand, right? You're not going to find that. Um, but what you're going to find is that in the genealogy, you will say, um, Isaac, the son of Abraham, Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, Joseph, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, and their wives will be called the wife of this person, the son of that person. And so, in defining or describing the woman, you would inadvertently describe a husband and their name, their family name, which cascaded all through the genealogy. So I believe that it was a, with a passage of time, and as more people multiplied, it couldn't just be saying Jade, the wife of Henry, is not a word of knowledge. You couldn't just be saying uh, Jade, the wife of Henry. Which of the Henrys? Oh, Henry, son of Edward. Question is, there are now three Jades who are married to Henrys. You see, so it gets confusing now. So how do we organize ourselves? Okay, let's have what people call last name or forename. What would that forename be? It cannot be the name of their pet. It cannot be the name of their favorite drink. But some people used to do it. Jack White, Jack Black, uh, Stephen Rice, um, Ford. <laughs> Literally, the forests, Forrest Whitaker. So they use elements. But we still preserve that Jewish thing, African thing, the Jewish thing, which speaks about a lineage. Now, what is in a name? The power of a name is really the power of identity. That's the major thing. So when we think about the name of Jesus, we're talking about the identity of Jesus. Now, the name 
talks about the embodiment of the character, the values, the inheritance. Because inheritances were actually allocated and apportioned based on family ties, family lines, and family names. So the sons of Issachar collect that land. The sons of this one collect that land. And when a woman, for whatever reason, decides that I'm not going to bear my husband's name, there are three major complications that will happen, right? I'm not saying you can't do it, people do it all the time. One of them is that the person, particularly in this generation, is going to raise unnecessary questions. Because every time the person appears with a name that is not her husband's name, somebody's going to go like, ah, wait a minute, what's going on here? Come on. So, so that's the first thing, like, ah, uh, what now? What is this? Now, you might go like, it doesn't matter. Well, it does, at least now. I don't know about 200 years from now. But right now, it still matters because, um, it raises questions and many times you're not going to be in the same space to answer all these questions are. Number two is now going to be what is the why, which we may not know. But I believe that culturally and possibly spiritually there might be certain misalignments from the person's heart, except it's a very, 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 very solid reason. And I believe that you see, there are always exceptions. So I'll say that maybe in some cases there are actually reasons. Don't ask me what they are, I don't know. I bear my father's name. <laughs> yeah, but that there's going to be some kind of gap because the origin of those surnames uh, stem from inheritance, from allocation of resources. That's why when you go to the court of law, they're going to hand over the certificates to the woman and they, they're going to say that the entitlements of this man, his marriage and all of that, and then rather his assets and all of that, you now have equal rights. To those things. That's why in America they now have all these prenup arrangements and all of that, just trying to salvage that. Number three is that woman is actually going to put herself in a case where she's consistently trying to either live up to the identity of her own father's name, either directly or subconsciously, is going to be something or whatever she thought she had accomplished before she met the man, which is going to bring some friction at some point or the other. Because the identity she's still holding on to is the identity that she had before she married the man. In which case, the subliminal projection is a prize what I got by myself more than what I believe we can get together. Do you get what I'm saying? It's subconscious and subtle, but let's bring it up to the surface. So, for me, I don't subscribe to it. Thank God she did not subscribe to it. If she had subscribed to it, I would have cancelled her subscription. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I paid you a bright price and you spoke and all of that. Um, the bright price is not about money, I'm putting you off. It's about going through the proceedings of your culture to legitimately have access uh, to who you are and to incorporate you and graft you into my lineage. Then you just ask, what, what name are you called? Believers, what's the popular name? Where is Christians from? From Christ. Christ is your husband. So you bear the name of your husband. So where is the spirit coming from? No, I'm not saying you're like that too. <laughs> just telling you. I'm just telling you. And so I some people do it. And but the question though is why? But some people do it and if let, let me just sorry, let me I'm not trying to question, but let me just mention this. At the end of the day, if the husband permits it. It's really none of my business. 
I, I get that to an extent. However, if, if you have your husband's name, does it change the fact that you're your father's daughter? But I, I don't want to say it about you, but for example, not God forbid, not you, but if his daughter passes at some point in life, is that going to be the end of him alive, Abby? So why not? <laughs> this question was concerning. Concerning. Okay. It's a very legitimate desire. I can see that you're passionate about it. I'm being serious. I feel you, honestly. I feel you, man. I feel you. Um, but these are some considerations. One of them is this. At what point does that legacy remain? Because if you now have, or when you now have children, are they going to be here? Uh, you have all girls as well. No, even if they have guys and girls, will yeah. they be here? Yeah. To so what point? So now uh-huh. bear your father's name. So. so will your husband bear the compound name? So you see the complications now. So if your husband will not be at the compound name, but your children will be at the compound name. Just you. Just you. Okay, and then it ends with you. Okay. It's okay. Pray about it. Think about it. You could even do pros and cons about it. And then when you get your husband, as when your husband gets you, when you guys come together, when you will meet, discuss it quite early in the relationship. But don't make it a hard and fast rule. So you don't miss out on the person that was prepared for you just because of the name. Alright. Now the other thing, I know that one of the reasons why people use compound names is because of the family name. Like the name is a door opener. Yeah. yeah. The door opener is recognizable and everything. But even at that, I think that you should do your husband the dignity of letting him open the gates that God has called him to open. And not just keep holding on to the doors the girls use it. I actually to an extent I get it. Thank God me I didn't have this struggle, because I don't know, it's just a lot. Because I'm thinking you're in covenant with your husband. If you want a compound name, bear your husband's first name and his son name. That's the compound. <laughs> 
because I'm in covenant with you and the name thing is like you said it's identity so if I'm in covenant and covenant is deep it's not just for biodata so if I'm in covenant with you I, I'm very I have your identity so why am I adding further to my covenant but anyway we have another question yet right how do you deal with someone you really like but you know it's never going to work out Hi. he has been James Blunt he has been of immense value to you in all areas of life so cutting him off is almost impossible. And there are missing parts in this question. So if you really like him and he has been of immense value, so why is it not going to work? So we are not sure. So this leads to more questions. It could, so be, if you it can, could be that the person is married. It could be. And it could, it could be. And it could be that the person has told you clearly or that God has told you clearly. That it's not going to work out. Yes, it's possible. Some women know that. So when it's almost impossible to cut him off. So is it that you want to be friends still, but not in a relationship, and you don't know how to tell the person? I'm not really, I'm not really sure. Because there are so many I, I questions. Know someone you really like, but you know it's never going to work out. He has been on the next value to you in all of your life, so cutting him off is almost impossible. There are different things to do. One of them is to go ask the Lord to format your heart. <laughs> God can do it. Flash my heart. Flash my heart, oh God. Format my heart disk. Partition. Create in me a new hard disk. The problem with some people here is that you've partitioned your heart. So God will format parts. But you're still catching feelings with the other part. But number one, never say never. That is never going to work. However, if you're asking this question, my, my thoughts would be that you are actually obsessed. Mm. Yeah, that you're struggling with obsession. You're obsessed with the person and you find it hard to, to detach, to graduate from that thing. Give yourself the freedom of moving on. This is what I mean by moving on. When you say you can't cut him off, I think that we use that word cut off a bit too loosely in this generation. You can redefine the relationship. You can redefine access levels. I have a, I have a cousin, a guy in America, I think he was in the military, and he told me that he has, I think, like five access codes. He works in one of the camps and everything. Before he gets to his office, he has about five uh, tags, or what do you call that thing? Maybe now it says that not everybody who works in that station, military station, has access to different levels. And some of us we've given people who should be at the gates access codes to the vault. So the person has your ID, the person has your iris, your thumbprint, your fingerprint, your navel prints. Okay, a mumu button. Your mumu button. Pressing, pressing. Anytime you want me or need me. <laughs> so, you, but you can redefine that relation. One of them is you will die. Let me let me tell you what I mean by you will die. You will die to self. I've made about three or four decisions in my life where I died to self, and I don't have any regrets about moving on from those experiences. Which means you will see those people, but there will be no regrets in your heart. 
no matter how well they are doing or how poorly they are doing. In other words, if they are doing worse than you, you will not judge them. You will still love them. If they are doing better, you will still not envy them. Will, that's when you know you're healthy. So that's what I mean by death. That means that you have died to who you used to be in that relationship. That's one. Number two, cut off the umbilical cord of communication. So some of you, you don't call people, but you're on their Instagrams every day. Check it. Ah, who's this new girl in this world? Nobody will take my place. So cut it off. If you have to unfollow them for a while, do that because you need to be healthy. Let me tell you what. If you don't do that, when your own man comes, you won't recognize him. You will not. And I know people who've been in that kind of system and cycle for years and years. And they say, no man is coming. No, the men came and then they went because your vision had become obscured. So that King Uzziah needs to die because in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. So, Tilash, is your hand up? So, Tilash, John, who's the last person? Or go. Ah. Tilash, do you have a, do you have copies of your book here? Can I can I just see it downstairs? Okay. Let's make it anything? as quick as possible. Let me just think about it. Okay, this is a, a question that is quite controversial. And I don't mean to stir up any drama, but I've heard uh, people discuss stuff in. You know, different spaces and whatnot. And I'm wondering what happens uh, in a case whereby a couple are not really uh, a couple is not really sexually compatible, but they do not really get to you know explore based on their belief and their and their lifestyle. But they get into marriage and they realize like the babe is not even down for it at all, and the guy is always just knowing born. He's always just hammering. Like what happens in that case? How do you what do you mean by that? Is that hammering? As in, yeah. 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 So how do you really find the balance in, in that kind of situation? Well, a few things before I let the experts talk about it. <laughs> Number one, and let's let's take it from the bottom slowly up. Um, that's even now sounds very sexual, but all right. Um, you decided anyhow to Fidel did something, Abby. Peter, you soon go to the naughty corner. Okay, a couple of things, and I'm I'm sure we've heard this a lot. Number one is that Adam and Eve do not they do not know sexual compatibility. Now we don't know whether Adam liked it or Eve liked it, but the point is, uh, not even that. The point is, God made a man, and He said the man was good, and the man saw the woman, and he was impressed with the woman. Nobody tells us that um, before whatever, whatever, they did something, something to test. And when they found out that they were not working, they went their separate ways. So, quote and unquote, there's nothing like we should know, so we should test before. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I, know, I know you're not like that. <laughs> Number two is that when you are courting somebody, especially when you're giving yourself time, there's attraction. There is... Oh, you brushed past my my neck one day and my body did like this. There is can I talk? <laughs> there for a lot of women I should not. 
But do you know what I want to say? No, that's you. That's not me. That's your department. So, so for a lot of women, when when they're ovulating, they feel sexual. Sometimes. Look at me like I'm not talking to you. Like pay down to say. But it happens. There are times of the month where you feel extra and you want to touch or you want to be touched. So you already know. And then when you see that person, at that point, that person even looks extra attractive to you. Not that the person was not attractive before anyway. So you already feel somehow. And then in those moments, especially if your body is just touched like this, you will know. Number three is that, you said it so many times, don't let Hollywood sell this sexes like this. So people, like he was saying, you've met in a lift, you are stuck in the lift, why are you waiting for emergency? Somehow, somehow, the person just started looking at you, you just jump into each other and now kiss. You now enter in, as you are standing, you, know, you enter and everything is fine. And before the paramedics come, you've already addressed uh, dress yourself back. It doesn't really work like that. Especially if you haven't had sex before. You are going to learn it, you are going to discover it. You are going to learn, oh, this works for me, this doesn't work for me. And as you go, you build it. So for me, Sha, with these three things, Adam and Eve do not have sexual compatibility. Mm. Number two is, while you are courting the person, there should mm. be points of attraction, mm. points of sexual feelings. Yeah. A desire safe. Mm. There was a time Pastor Dami and I were caught, and I'm like, can you just kiss me now? Mm. Pastor Dami and I, praise God, somehow, I don't know how anymore, we didn't kiss until we got engaged, and that was four, the, five years. The night of the engagement, and then after the engagement. Till further notice. But there were times I'm like, can you just please kiss me just today? And of course, we know after today's when, Sha, but just today. So there will be those moments. And then what's the final thing I said? Let me just add a little bit of After the kiss, the after party, the after party, we just celebration. Yeah. So that's all right. Very brilliant question, and and I love this. We're gonna do more interactive sessions, especially on the island. Okay, can can we speak? So, John, thank you so much for your question. If there's something we want to test, we test. First of all, God knows that you want to test. That's why he gave you testosterone. The test to run. Okay? <laughs> it knows. God knows. God invented sex. He doesn't have it, but he invented it. Now, let me mention a couple of things. I think that, number one, there's the delusion of volcanic, eruptive, consecutive, exponential. Yeah, so, so a lot of people just think that you watch all those movies that are grunting and humping and grunting. Ah, ah, ah. Listen, first of all, sex is not always that dramatic. Not always. Sometimes it is, but it's not always that dramatic. Even for those who talk the first, let me put it like this. When people are sexploring, as in exploring sex, yeah, the sexploration, Many times it's not it's not real. They're in a virtual world of keen anticipation. So the surrounding thoughts of not getting caught, 
doing it in a, I'm talking about people that tested before they get married. Do it, doing it under hay. Doing it on the gas burner. Doing it at the rooftops. Behind the LED. <laughs> the surrounding emotional igiaga. Crinkle crack. <laughs> it's part of what heightens it. Because sex is, first of all, mental before it's physical. So it's like the rush. <laughs> So it's like <laughs> so like the rush of adrenaline that a thief has when it's about to steal something, or how you felt when you're going to steal meat from the cooking pot in the middle of an hour. You finished stealing the meat, but you didn't perch the pan well enough, the cover. So as you stepped out, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> everybody woke up. They're like, who's that? Who goes there? <laughs> So, number one, that's it. Surround it. And guess what? You can create that thing in marriage as well. You can create it in marriage. For many times, when you're single and relatively jobless, Relatively, as I'm careful with my words, you know, jobless. Relatively, no boy is crying, Mommy, Mommy, I want, I want. What is that? What is this? What is this? That's coming from now every time. Mommy, what is this? Mommy, what is this? Mommy, what is this? What is this? So, you don't have all the stuff, you don't have in laws, you know, you have to call a certain number of people a certain number of times, you don't have work and all. So, hormones need to be expressed. Right? But let me put it like this. Even at that, when you do get married, your body is going to change. Her body is going to change. You don't know your body change. You don't know. Women especially. Your body will change. And so the things I used to do, you may not always, because when you have another, especially if you go through the maternal stage, and you have to, you know, uh, provide milk for your baby and all of that stuff. Your hormonal configuration changes, doesn't it? Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. Which means, Mr. Tester, that there will be some. <laughs> not, 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 sorry, not. <laughs> Which means, listen, guys, you know the electric electrician when it comes to your house, you come with the tester. You will put that tester in the current and no lights will come up. Sometimes. So you've got to be comfortable with the fact that if I'm going to have a successful sexual life, I must be an eternal student. What is, I have to learn how to work with the schedule now. I have to learn how to work with her body now. I have to learn how to work with our lives now. Because you cannot be doing the do when two people are on your bed. All of you, you know, you you. you Sister Abby, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you're carrying kids on your bed and want to watch pornography. You want them to watch pornography of their parents. It can happen. So whilst it's doing you and you can feel the hardness of different dimensions of your topography, 
you will subdue the flesh. You think self-control is just a fornication? In marriage, you control yourself. You don't know. Yeah, so you keep learning. You say you won't control yourself. Your wife will not travel. Your wife will travel, you will travel, you have business presentation the next day, she wants to be touching, so I say, excuse me, can I? You understand? So, you won't learn. That's the way God ordained it. Can you have explosive sexual experiences? Absolutely. And you will in the name of Jesus. This kind of sex that will bust your brain. May you have it when you get married. But me, I can tell you, ask any sex part in the world, except those that are on drugs and those that are faking it. It is not 100% every day. If it's like that, after the first two years or after the first baby, it's not going to be like that. Mary, have I got a witness? Mr. Ikuliano? Jeremy? It's not over. As in Jeremy, not Jeremy. Yeah, but so don't worry. You can learn. I'm not I don't understand English again, or I'm tired, or because I'm just I'm not following. Okay, this is the one I think I can follow the most. So I'll start with that one. You're in a relationship, not me. The person is in a relationship of six years. Now this is also, for me, this is my first issue in the question. How's your PhD going? <laughs> I mean, I always say we courted five years, we say that, but to be honest, I don't, I won't go and pray and say court for five years. It's a long time and then... Yeah, but the point is we're not married until five years after. So it's... Right. So for different reasons, it's tricky, it's tough. Temptation comes in. That's when one person will be nagging the other person, what are we doing, what are we doing? Different things. Who are we? Hey. Then somebody will now say it's not it's not me, it's you. All those define this relation all those things. It's just long. It's just it's just a lot. Right? Um so I mean there might be reasons, but six years is a long time. What is happening? Alright, so you're in a relationship of six years and there was a fight in between. And the lady found another guy almost immediately. That is another issue as well. So is it that you didn't love this first person? Or it was a rebound person, or I'm not sure. So uh, anyway, she met guy was immediately. So she had a dream where she was told not to marry the first guy. I believe this guy she was in a fight with, but she was still in love with this first guy. So why did you go to another guy? After she was still in love with the first guy, after a few weeks, she fell out with the second guy and went back. I don't mean to be rude. A major issue I'm having with this is that there's absolutely no punctuation in this. So I don't know where to stop or where to continue or who is talking about who. Alright. After a few weeks, she fell out with the second guy and went back to the first guy. Now she's confused about the dream. If it was actually God talking or just because she was obsessed. Obsessed with the second guy. 
Okay, so I'm not really sure. You're obsessed with the second guy who you're only with for a few weeks. So is it that you're obsessed with him before the few weeks, or did you get obsessed in those few weeks? And then dream, who told you in the dream? And then how did you pray about it, talk about it with someone that you respect, or a pastor, or a mother, or a father? Um, so Because you don't just base your decisions on a dream, right? Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing in the dream, you need to, um, what's the word now? Proof it, vet it. By praying, talking to Holy Spirit, talking to Jesus, talking to Pastor, talking to X, Y, Z. All right. So, um, because sometimes it's also possible that you do things according to the idols of your heart. So you really, really like this person, and you just have a dream. Yes, God has said it. But you have been thinking about the person all day anyway. So it's likely that the person shows up in your dream. Yeah, your subconscious. So you need to sort that out, and I don't think you can do that in the relationship because you're already obsessed with this person, or you like this person, or you're confused. So you need a clear head to think and to pray. So you need to step out. Now, why have you gone back to this first guy in the first place when you had a fight? Have you sorted out the fight? What was the issue? Is, he, is there room for it to reoccur? Have you addressed what actually happened? And please, this should be the last year of this relationship. I mean, in terms of cutting, as far as I'm concerned. And if there are any doubts about it, then maybe you should just... Yeah, at least for now. Very good, and I think you've answered everything apart from, well, I just want to add one or two things. One of them is I think the person in question needs to rediscover her holiness since he's or us. Is it, is it a man or woman? I, I guess it's a girl that wrote this. Okay, guy. I so think. She's going to say guy. Yeah. Right? Holiness. Holiness. Holiness is important. Because we can't enrich a relationship beyond the level of wholeness that you have, and you can't even express integrity in a relationship if you're not whole. So, integrity is from integer. Integers, remember, that's a whole number. So, anybody that is cutting, playing the way game, and all of that, no integrity is there's something broken in them. So if you're in a relationship with someone for six years and all of a sudden you come out of the relationship and here is Mr. Hanson, Mr. Dapper sweeping you off your feet, that means that there was something in that relationship, or rather something in that guy that appeals to an area of brokenness in your life. In fact, a lot of cheating, a lot of cheating uh, in marriage, in relationships is predicated on cracks in the relationship. That means that this girl is giving me attention that my wife is not giving me. So the area of brokenness in me, the little boy in me that needed nursing, that needed pampering, didn't have that until this other girl said, excuse me, are you okay? Are you all right? You want a cup of tea? But it appeals to some an area of tissue, a crack in me. And that's why even Jesus, don't say you can't do it. Let's pray you never have the conditions. Water that is being boiled forever will look at the one inside the freezer as I can never be hardened. Or if they put water in the freezer, you'll be hardened. Jesus said the prince of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. So I have blocked my internal cracks. They didn't even have cracks. 
I've maintained my personal holiness. And so nobody can have access except the one that the father authorizes or delegates. So the person meets, maybe you should see my wife later, and work out a wholeness plan and just have a personal relationship. You know, something has been on my heart since I came and it's come about two, three times. I'm based on this and I just want to tell one girl, two girls, two women, three women here that you are enough. You are enough. Don't go away with this notion that someone else is better than me. She has it more together. She can speak better. She's more exposed. She's more this and she's more that. So maybe she even deserves this man and I don't. Is, it doesn't work like that. And see, you need to be even rest assured in the fact that there are people that will be finer than you, cuter than you, more exposed than you, whatever. But you should not disqualify yourself from what God has already ordained for you. And I, and I keep saying it, I, I have no business in the physical realm being with Pastor Dami. Because me and Pastor Dami, as in our histories, are part. Good boy from beginning to end, bad girl from beginning to I met him. And several boyfriends before, only one girlfriend, never kissed. My husband is Sierra, but knew. But I know I didn't have sex and I was not pressed and manipulated and all those things. But what I'm saying is our background was very different. I don't think my husband knows what the inside of a club looks like when a party is actually going on, but I know, right? So we're very different. So if I had looked at my past and said, oh, no, he, some people know his girlfriend. Some people, I tell you now who his ex-girlfriend was, people will be tricked. I think he knows. <laughs> She's fine. Long hair, long legs, all the things that he used to tell me that he liked. And I don't have any. I don't have long hair now. I don't have long hair now. The, the small, the small fine leg that I have, I kind of went and burnt it. So, you know, I was quite disadvantaged. Fine. Yeah, but to be honest, there was, there was a time where I was, I used to compare myself with her a lot. And she's a nice girl, lovely girl. She's a, she's a nice person. I used to compare myself with her a lot. And there are times I would see her and I'll be like, God, no. Your election is next week, not now. You campaign later. <laughs> right? So there are times I see her and compare, especially before we started, we actually started cutting. And even after, I'm like, am I going to meet up? Am I going to meet? I'm like, at some point I told you, that is his past, this is now. There's a reason he chose. If you don't build on what you already have, you are going to lose even what you have. He saw something in you that makes him look, look your way. So don't, um, if you don't feel good about yourself, it's going to show up in your speech, it's going to show up in how you look, it's going to show up in how you carry yourself, and he's going to start getting that vibe. And at the end of the day, maybe actually there's really nothing there. So please don't sell yourself short, don't pity yourself, don't, you are good enough. Even if he's Harvard educated and you're only, I don't want to mention any other name in case someone went there, and you're only XYZ educated, something, something can connect you, and in fact, the way you'll be chasing you air, yeah, so I just want to throw that in. That's important. Ladies, be confident but not cocky. Yeah. Amen. 
So dating and cutting, please explain. Is dating for world people and courtship for believers? Is dating is dating for world people and courtship for believers? The way believers always say courtship, I be cutting, cutting. I think Pastor has a slightly different opinion from me. But what I learned, the way I learned what dating is, is it's an American term from the way I learned it. So you shed more light, and it's it's pretty much about testing waters. So you're dating this person today, you go on a date today, we are open, we are free, we can date other people. So you've dated this person today, it didn't really work out, so let's go on dating. You now go on date another person. So it's more of a testing the waters kind of thing. Um, and most times in those dates, you don't mind kissing and having sex just to test, to see how it goes, and then you date someone else. Yeah, so that's what dating is as an American orientation. But courtship is what we term, it's an English word really, but what we term, so you've seen this person, you've grown as friends, you've grown in a safe environment where you're discussing and you're talking and there is no intimate romantic gesture whatever going on between you guys and then you've come to a point where you know your values align, your faith aligns, your timing aligns, you now want to get married, so you want to go into a more intimate friendship that will lead to marriage so that's what we call courtship Call courtship. So I don't subscribe to dating. Some people use it kind of just dating, but I don't subscribe to it. So dating, I wouldn't say it's for worldly people per se, but courts have levels of friendship. So you are acquaintances, and then you go into casual friends, and then you go into close friends, and then you can start talking about, oh, I actually like you. Do you think this can happen? And then you go into intimate, you go into intimate friends. When I say intimate, I mean you are now close enough to discuss uh, more personal things, which is what we now start following courtship, as opposed to just testing the waters. So, based on what you mentioned, we have a, a slight difference in presentation and opinion in this matter. So, I sit down discussing walk around what terms we're going to use for ministry. But the way I understand it is that dating is really that that you will play with trying to find really the compatibility levels with the intention to commit at some point. So whilst you're dating, you can actually date more than one person. You can date, you know, with going around, more like you're going around, or checking people out. You're not an item, I would say. You guys are not behaved. But I see courting as not only have you decided, but that you've now an authority figure is in the mood. And I think that generally it's even when you it's it's almost around when you're about to get engaged or when you become verbally engaged. That means that this guy is taking you to his parents. And it's not like you went there yourself to go and see. They don't get an obvious lifestyle. Uh, it's not that funny, but you know, I get tickled really. So it, it really is too funny to me. Why would that be a very, very funny? You know? <laughs> uh, so, when there's a, you've now gone home, not like you now get home and then uh, a guy will hit you, you know, morning, huh? all in here. <laughs> not like that. Not that. But I'm saying that there's an expectation. And then you get home, and like, oh my god. That's what I call something, which is you know what you're doing. 
being given his word and getting married. So what I recommend is that you have a picture of healthy friendships and those healthy friendships should not fall into exclusivity from a friend. Because we're, we get attracted to people, we all get attracted to people, not, not focus on the exception. We walk into a room of uh, 50 or so in this room, without us to count, actually, for 50 of us in this room, if you leave everybody in this room for one hour, there are certain people that you get attracted to. Some of you will have the boldness to go and introduce yourself to them. Some of you will bring your heart to them from around you. But you gravitate towards certain people. And what happens to many young people is that once you find that straight line of attraction, you block out everybody else. And some people get so emotionally invested in those people once they discover two months down the line. And the guy's time is ready. So have healthy friendships. In, in, a, in a ministry like change, and I'm not opposed to all 200 or so of us, but you can be close to certain people. And when I say close, not like you're now every day, you're going to Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, John, Thursday, Guru. Uh, no, not like you're the one you share the bed. Healthy, cordial, progressive, positive, enriching. The more exclusive you are, the more committed you are expected to be. And when there are varying levels of commitment based on absence of relevant information, there is likely to be disappointment. Let's talk about this question. I think we really need to hurry up, but I think we just have two more questions. Is it unreasonable to think that a man's accent is gothic? Background, grew up in Aba. This is man to the outside. I think this word is experience, I think. Cleaning and forwarding. Forwarding is a job, right? Clearing. Uh-uh. <laughs> okay. Clearing and forwarding, as in exporting, importing. Importer. Exporter. Pure water. Okay. All right. So does this not make this person not good enough for me to say yes to? I guess it depends on what you like and what your priorities are and what you envision your future to look like and be like. Because for some people, this is exactly what they like. That's the truth. Exactly. They have a lot of money. So they have money, so the woman might... they're willing to spend. So the woman might like the money. The woman might not, have the, might not mind the ebotic accent because maybe she too, she has it. So she can't even hear that someone else has it. Right? Grew up in Aba where we live in Lagos and we have us in Lekite house. So it's alright. So it depends on what you like and what you can do. I always say big picture. If you cannot deal with this for the next 60 years of your life, if you think it's going to cause you turmoil and pain and unhappiness and you're not going to be happy, you're not going to be proud, you're going to be extra work, then don't. However, there are some areas... Can we have a little quiet? Thank you. There are some, there are some things that can change over time. So, for example, maybe perhaps with the accent, he can actually learn how to speak better. With calm down. I know there are some things that they develop. Some of them cannot just die. Orange. Agriculture. Cannot. Education. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? So, but 
if if he's able to improve a considerable length or a considerable to a considerable extent, can you dig? Can you deal with it? Or you, if he just turns you off and you're not going to be comfortable with it at all? If he's oh he's dressing, he doesn't have to combine. Combining can always change. You can always hook him up with P Dams or Shayo or somebody and they will teach him. I didn't always dress this shop, by the way. I didn't always dress this shop. I learned it about association when I was 26, 27. Not like I used to dress shabby. Yeah, yeah. I didn't used to dress, I never used to dress shabby. I'm just saying that people get better. Some things can change. Okay, he has buck teeth. Maybe he's willing to get braces. That can change. He has body odor. You can some things can change. No, somebody else can't change. Bleach. Except Bleach. if it's a medical Bleach. condition. It, it can actually change. So if there are some things that can change, I don't think we should make a permanent decision of saying no based on things that can change. However, if it's going to affect your long-term happiness and peace and joy, don't marry out of pity or marry out of, oh, he's the only one, or marry out of what if another one does not come, or whatever. But your standards are your standards. I don't think it's unreasonable. But if it's going to affect your big picture, your God picture, then it's not unreasonable. I'll just put it this way. Purpose above preference. Purpose above preference. How many of you know what George Nas think I'm saying? Do you know that? Yes, this way. How about you know what she's talking about? There are two things I need to know. So what I'm just saying is purpose. Before we speak about the physical issues of women, anything physical is temporary. I can never get better with girls. Say the same, say the like, become to lonely hearts. Sometimes somebody does not need to become poor for them to become poor. You just need to stop growing rich and the presentation will make them poor. So some people are dating people who are already the richest they will ever be. Because the advancement of life will neutralize whatever aspects they have. So that's my question. But for us, for girls dating, you know, um, if I'm going to have five wives and big chicks in your heaven, it's really you know, like, you know, five. Things change, things are going to go. But find out that the core purpose you haven't met with what God has revealed to you. If the core purpose you haven't met with what God has revealed to you, do I find myself willingly submitting to their mission, to their assignment, to their vision? Let me give you something I know, and I'm not trying to say it's going to be or to even offering anything. I know that if it ever comes to it, that my wife will not do any other thing but work within the time frame and vision and time she will. You understand? She will. So, and this is based on years of exploration, questions, partnerships, praying, prayer counselors, together, mutual exchange. So, just compare that person. Maybe the Lord has spoken to you, but you'll be a missionary in the ICF. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just speaking generally. I don't know. Or maybe, or maybe your ministry is going to require somebody with that amount of money. 
Maybe, I don't know. I'm just saying. But you want to be very, and that's why before you start saying yes or no to people, try to at least have for women, for women, just a cup of clarity. We need to have at least about 56 to 65 percent clarity in our blood. You know, cleansing management and the blood, or you can still make out as a human being, I don't know what you need to know the form. You don't need to know the features, the length of the nose, the size of the ears. The, just know this. I'm in the education space. You know, I'm helps. Uh, I'm supposed to work the city work ministry. I'm supposed to be in numbers. I'm not a big person. Calculation, actual science, accounting, business, whatever. Know the area. For men, you need something like 75%. So you can read so that you're not the blind leading the blind, or you're the seeing leading the one who wants to see better. Yeah, so once you have preparation, you can now talk about other things. By the way, let me also mention something to you. When people know what their purpose is, they will subject themselves to the education required to attain that purpose. The reason is you're saying I can't wake up early bedtime because you haven't seen my purpose established. One of the coaches I used to the study when I started coaching ten or nine years ago. Bishop Muldoon is one of the strongest coaches alive. I'm not the strongest. He knows what he's doing. Stamina. Mm-hmm. He sings every day. Well, he used to. You know, right now. So when you hear him whooping, why do you not think I'm joking? He's giving you the really great and great thing. At some point, because initially when I got in my habit, it's not fun. So when you know your purpose requires it, you are not going to be The final one, and then I'm just going to pray. Go ahead, Father, in there. Okay. We finish. Guys, can we just do this, please? We're an hour behind. We close by seven. Let's do the questions in five minutes. Pray in five minutes. So, could you ask very quickly a question? So, so, 
when my mother, when my, uh, when my daughter, when my mother, when my wife, when my oldest daughter was married, um, she told my mother, and she told my mother, they had a little life of the
think it's very inclusive for you, very nice and very different from you know, um, tropical just robots. But character-wise, you're not 100%, so you're stuck. Then you see somebody else actually, you probably kind of like, character is about 50%, but not very good looking. You know, so there's like um, deficiencies here and there for different people that you meet. So it causes a lot of confusion for guys. So this is the question the person posed to me. So I thought, what can I say? in part um, at the end of the day it's about what you want and what you are designed for and what can go with you to where you're supposed to go is this person at the end of the overall conference will come with something you need to is the person's overall the person's overall configuration adaptable to who you are and where you're going because nobody is perfect. Even the person you eventually marry may not be perfect. There are also one or two things that I, I wish perhaps maybe this one could have just been. But you have you know you have a good deal. So you take it and be happy and work on the strength of that good deal and it will work for you. Because even when you're married, there's things there's the eighty twenty rule. Yeah. So the eighty twenty rule is so you're with your husband or your wife and you're really happy, but perhaps you have a fight or something. Or even if you don't have a fight, you go out one day and you see somebody else that has twenty percent. But this twenty percent is just doing your head like, wow, I wish my wife was like this, my husband was like this. And it looks like the world to you. And at that point it's actually when there's a fight in marriage, that's where most people have affairs. Because they just see this thing that, oh my wife and my husband doesn't have. And then of course the affair doesn't really work out, but then you come to your thing, oh my god, I really love my wife, I'm so happy to have five years and we had no cause to cry in the first place. So, nobody ever going to be perfect. I think you just need to take what is necessary for where you are going and know that and own that. And even for the look, look, like I already said, is good. Yes, you might not end up going to find a way to go and be very happy. I never thought in the world that would be But you might never be whoever the finest person is. But you can look a lot better. You talk to him time, apparently. He thinks that, well, you know, he's really not good at the So, what about that? Yeah. So somebody can see and get some bro. I think that I'm sure you can. What? I don't think. I don't think. Unfortunately, I can't think of any man to say yes. This is fine. Not like you like him, but but you said you used to say it was fine. Yes. Yes. So sorry, Charlie, you can testify. That there are some girls that were in that they were like, and now you see them and you're like, what a wahoo. <laughs> so people transform and people change. So, yeah, so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Let me just, they're brilliant questions, and I wish we had all the, we might have to do this some other time, um, but we'll keep you posted on it. Okay, so um, confusion, and I don't know whether you were in that service in London when I preached a message about confusion. Because you remember it, preached the message. I just go. I preached another message and I said that confusion is confusion with fusion. What's fusion mixture? So whenever you're confused, you're mixing too many things together. So you need to separate certain elements 
So maybe you're mixing looks with values, you're mixing values with direction, mixing direction with life goals, mixing life goals with where you are. Yeah, with past picture, past experience, your X, your Y, your Z, your Z. Mix them all, all together. Go to see yourself. How are you today? The Lord bless you, Spirit. Your own Jesus. Yeah, so it makes you. Now, what's a decision? Decision. D is off. Decision is to cut. So, decision is to cut off. So, if you haven't cut some things off, you haven't decided. Now, she's the biggest cheerleader. Now, for me to commit to her, I have to cut off certain things or certain maybe even thoughts. So, for example, for me to commit to her, I have to cut off the idea that the person I will marry will be as energetic or as you know expressive or as vocal or as loud or as whatever I am as I am. I can have that and have her. But why do I need that again since I have it for us? It's just an example. Um, but I need someone to tell me, you know, just join this church. Because if you free me, I'll just be all over the place, right? So when people are confused, they need to, we need to ask them, what are you mixing up? And for them to resolve the confusion, they need to decide. So prayer does not help you decide. Prayer gives you revelation so you can decide. So in prayer, God says, when you hear the sound, mulberry tree, match. But prayer will not make you match. God says, go around the, the wall of Jericho seven times. Prayer didn't move them around the wall. God just said, do that. In prayer, uh, God says to Moses, lift the rod over the Red Sea. You've got to, when it comes to marriage, you have to choose. You will choose. Now watch this. God made Eve and presented Eve to Adam, but God did not call, uh, tell Adam to pick the woman. Saw the woman and said, Whoa! Man. So there was still the element of him deciding that this, it was Adam that said, This is the bone of my bone, and this is the flesh of my flesh. He did not say, This is the mascara of my mascara. In other words, the things that are not important are not important. The things that can be cleansed with cleanser can be cleansed with cleanser. But the flesh and bone, no bleach should clean it. That's your wife. Final question. Sorry, if you have questions, sorry, you can take it. What is this one? How do one. Okay, How does one handle the case of an abusive relationship or marriage? This is very sensitive. How do you handle the case whereby you're in love with this foreign guy that even. that even prophecy supports it? But the relationship is not looking like it's gonna work. That's what you're I think they're two different questions. How do you handle the case of an abusive relationship with marriage? If it's an abusive relationship, break it out. As in, just, just be as in, take boss. What is in boss? First class ticket. Because abuse will wreck your esteem, wreck your heart, wreck your name, wreck, wreck your body. So, just avoid it. 
Now, if it's in marriage, it's a bit more sensitive because you say for better for worse, right? That's one. And then the two, you, you're married before God and man. Now, what that means is that if you are married, before you separate, you need to exhaust all the divine options and all the human witness options. That's tough, right? Because people these days, any small thing, you just up and go. That is house because they have five bedrooms there. But the reason there's a witness is so that heaven and earth can provide support for that union, can honor, respect, regard, and provide support and sustenance for that union. So when there is tension or friction, go to heaven and father. Now, for invisible things, go to invisible God. For visible things, ask the invisible God to show you visible people that can help you with the visible things. So, if there's a physical attribute you want your husband or your wife to develop, ask the Lord to help you know who the person can use to benchmark without necessarily comparing. Do you understand? So, coming to abuse, if there's been an incident, maybe, you know, it's a mistake, it's a even Jesus said, at the mouth of two or three witnesses, the thing shall be established. If there's an incident like somebody slaps you, depending on the kind of slap, um, and depending on what built up to it, maybe it was sticks it was drunk, beat you in your mouth, and become something else. If it was once, maybe depending on the severity, maybe even intimation. But if it happens a second time, on any scale, for any reason, somebody needs to know. Your friend, his friend, your mother, his mother, father, somebody has emotional stake in your persons makes me this is the reason mistake 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 is what causes people to die by mistake and the reason we're not necessarily saying if it's an accident once because you can't draw a straight line on one dot by the time you have two points of reference the person's already drawing a line the next thing angle next thing square next thing cube you are now locked in the prison and the more you don't talk, the more you learn not to talk. Exactly. Then people now be like, what are you two? The first day, he tapped your cheek. He says, my dimple. So if you're in a, if you're in a, in a abusive relationship, tell somebody about it. Now, some people might not take you serious, depending on the home. All right, that. Some mothers will tell you that because of their own experiences. This is the next thing I'm going to. A spiritual authority figure needs to know if family is not responding. Pastor that knows both of you, the pastor that married you, your spiritual uh, overseer needs to know. If that doesn't work and it continues, you need to leave that house. It's not divorce, but you're separating. God separated waters from the waters so that human beings will not choke inside water. So give the person space. The person needs to be punching glasses, break his television. You understand? Give him space to fight himself. I have news right now. Don't go to your friend's house. You don't go to your brother's Go to this lady, please. Shall we stand?
Plus voice over and recording and everything. Just before we close, God bless you, and you're looking sharp, man. Before we go, please, if this is your first time, don't be embarrassed. Could you raise up your hand? The first time at Garden of Kings, you want to stick in this card into your hands. Let's do it very quickly. Yes, your first time. I just want to get your details so we can communicate with you. Send send you uh, messages once a week. If we don't have you on our database, please. Tolu, do we have you on, on our database? All right. All right. Can, can we just pray? I want us to pray in two weeks because of time. Just pray for that person. I think the first prayer point is, Lord, envelope my brother, my sister with the fullness of your love. Let them discover who you are in them and who they are in you. Let them experience an overwhelming surge of divine affection. Let's pray in the name of Jesus. An overwhelming surge of divine affection. Overwhelming surge. Let them derive their security from you. We do not want to go around the world seeking validation from people who don't even know who they are themselves. Clothe my brother, clothe my sister, clothe my friends for the overwhelming surge of divine love. Reveal to us new things, new layers, new levels of that love. New layers, new levels of that love. New layers and new levels. Now I wanted to pray, Father, help them to identify what they must stop doing and what they must start doing and give them the grace to stop or start accordingly. Whether it's worry, whether it's cultural influences that dominate their minds, whether it's confusion. Let them understand divine time and divine order. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. The final prayer point, Father, locate each person in the right relationship. I use that word because even the marriage people can, we also need relocation. Because sometimes after we get married, we become too much of providers to be lovers. Or too much of lovers to be co-laborers. Or too much of co-laborers to be cheerleaders. You know, in marriage, you have like 10 or 15 different roles. Cheerleader, co-laborer, critic, analyst, intercessor, prayer partner, advocate, high priest. Different things. Are we priests, not high priests. So, I want to say, Father, locate each of us in the right relationship. And those of us in the right relationship, in the right roles in those relationships for every season, for every season, we will not be lost, we will not be out of sorts, we will not be out of place, we will not be out of sorts in the name of Jesus.
Father, help us to locate ourselves or locate us in the right places and the right relationships, Lord. None of us will fall into any error after all this wisdom that has been poured forth. For those who are single, Lord, you locate them with their life partners. For those who have already found those people, let them understand timing, rhythm, decision-making, coordination, organization. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we are so grateful. We thank you so much for the privilege of your presence, the time that we have shared together, exploring your word, your wisdom, and going deeper. We thank you, Lord, because as we leave here, we flourish in your grace in the name of Jesus. Father, we decree that the other areas of our life will not be working and in this area will suffer. It will not be a cause of pain or confusion in the mighty name of Jesus, but it will flourish in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we ask for there to be divine excavation in this season. Whatever skeletons are in our cupboards, whatever ribs we are hugging and embracing as eaves, Father, you will repossess them, that you will rework them, that you will purge us of every garbage, every filth, false standards and expectations that we subscribe to from magazines, movies, from experiences and engagements. Father, we receive freedom and deliverance from all those fantasies and lies in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we will not be empty barrels in the name of Jesus. In value, we will increase. In wisdom, in knowledge, in understanding, in strategy, in financial intelligence, in emotional intelligence, in the name of Jesus, to know how to nurture, to know how to guide, how to lead, to know how to groom, how to tend to. We will not be lacking anything good in the mighty name of Jesus. We submit ourselves to you, Lord, that you will make us in the name of Jesus. Make us into that woman that you have called us to be. Make us into that wife that you have called us to be. Make us into that male man you have called us to be, into that husband that you have called us to be in the mighty name of Jesus. We will not run up with our own ideas, but we will submit ourselves to you in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I thank you for my brothers especially, and I pray, Lord, that they begin to soar on eagles' wings, that the things that seek to clip their wings be cut off permanently in the name of Jesus, that they will not become submerged in the, sub in the seduction of this generation, with the overwhelming images from computers, from Instagram, people that put Jesus' baby, but they look nothing like Jesus, and all those people that seek to impose their nudity on our minds in our daily walk in different places, we receive supernatural wisdom, discipline, self-control, to say no in the name of Jesus. Our feet are firmly planted upon the rock. We are immersed in the pool of your blood. We walk in the consciousness of your divine presence in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just thank you for everyone. I pray that anxiety never rises again concerning this issue. Depression will never visit us on this matter. But we are confident in you that we will have blissful, blessed, fruitful, and fulfilling relationships and marriages. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. What a night it's been. I've been blessed. Have you been blessed tonight? The generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908 One more thing, someone you know needs this. 
kindly share this how.